Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courts at Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, recording episode 136. Here, what what is it? Monday, Monday e- early Monday evening on uh, July 18th. I feel like we got to say that now, Kyler, because it seems like every time we publish, uh, somebody pops up and gets an offer, or commits, and and immediately the the episode's outdated. So <laughs> it's an everyday thing. It is an everyday thing. We're joined by uh, Kyler Staley, who works with me actually he probably has a, a much bigger role with rivals with the iu rival site than i do but we work together on that site and he also does a lot of work for prep hoops and that's kind of i think where we met mm-hmm. he and i spent the weekend watching what did we watch we watched um the grit region uh there we go finals for prep hoops no wait, what did we i was like what did we watch <laughs> we watched something this weekend they all run together I didn't get over there Sunday. You were there Sunday, I think. I judging by your tweets, you were there Sunday. Uh, but Friday and Saturday, I saw a lot of a lot of good basketball. So we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to do the recruiting stuff. What? So what? So the, Friday night, we'll get in this real quick. Friday night at Warren Central, the electricity went out. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I heard it happened. Of course, you and I were over at uh, Noblesville Boys and Girls Club, but I, yep. yeah, I guess the power went out and then. A bunch of games had to get moved to early uh, Saturday morning. So, but I think it all worked out scheduling wise. Yeah, um, drastically. But, yeah, yeah, drastically changed my day Saturday. I'd kind of planned on being in the gym in the morning, maybe early afternoon, and not at night. And then that suddenly shifted to two early morning games and mm-hmm. going going home for six hours and then coming back out and staying out till the evening again. So, but it worked out. Whoever did the scheduling for that kudos to them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who did that, who was in charge of the events. I want to assume whoever we had as the site manager at Warren central uh, was the responsible for putting the schedule together, but yeah, it it ended up working out pretty well um, towards the end. Now we have a few teams that didn't show up, you know, that's just part of a, AAU tournament, but uh, it, it ended up working out pretty well at the end. Was Triton Central a venue regardless, or did it did they add it late? That was a venue regardless. It hosted okay. the uh, 15 and under teams. Okay. I saw that. Uh, I just wondered if they were part. I, I didn't. I guess what happened was I didn't notice they were part of the schedule to begin with. So there was a couple of games I was planning on going to that when I woke up, that was the other thing too. I woke up Saturday morning and realized some of those games I wanted to see were trite. And I'm like, eh, I'm not making that drive just for <laughs> one game. And then one game on one game off. And then the, the back and forth wasn't interesting. So I just kind of, I, I went home for five hours and came back up and hope the Indiana teams did well. And they did. So that was good. That was helpful. Yeah. It was nice of them. Nice of them to cooperate <laughs> and win games. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, it made your day more interesting too. I'm sure it did. It did because I mean, like, although you know, prep hoops, um, especially this grit region, there's a lot of Midwest teams in that. 
But I mean, me being an Indiana guy, um, it's kind of bad for me to say, but I kind of hope that the Indiana teams, you know, continue to win and stuff because I'm more familiar with those guys, you know, scouting them and covering them and stuff. And I've built relationships with those guys. So I like to see them do well. Um, but, but yeah. yeah. If, and that's the same yeah. with me. That's yeah, definitely the same right. with me. I want to see them win just because I want to see them play more. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love, especially the teams that are in the prep hoop circuit, like, you know, Glenn Robinson and EG 10, like there's a bunch of good players on there. And, you know, the more I can watch them play, the better um, in my opinion. Well, let's get updated on recruiting here. We do this every week and I'm going to read it off. And if there's anything that stands out when we're done, you, if you want to talk about it, we can. Uh, Jalen Harrelson, we all know who he is, right? Uh, he picked up a couple of uh, Michigan, state of Michigan offers, the University of Michigan and Michigan State University. The, the, the lot of many offers that he's going to get before this is all said and done. He also picked up an Oklahoma offer. Uh, Gavin Welch from Newcastle, a senior, picked up an offer from Bethel. That was kind of a, a little bit of a while coming. I think it was just a matter of when he could go up to campus and make a visit. Uh, JQ Roberts picked up two offers this week, West Virginia and Ball State. So Mike Lewis rolling the dice a little bit. And I don't, you know, that may have been one. I can't remember if we talked about that, if I talked about that one last week. It kind of, a lot of this stuff kind of blends into my mind, especially when we don't record the same day every week like we do during the school season. But uh, let's see, moving up the moving up the list here, Joey Hart picked up a couple of, of offers, Central Florida and George Washington, adding that to his long list of offers. Dijon Craig, uh, point guard from Lawrence Central, senior point guard, picked up a Division three offer from Wabash, um, which is obviously a high academic situation, and Dijon is an outstanding student at Lawrence Central. Sean Arnold from Ben Davis, who is a very unheralded, underrated. This is a kid that's going to have a better college career statistically a better college career than high school career. And he picked up an offer from Manchester, the six foot four, six foot five inch senior forward. Grant Leeper picked up a, an NAI offer from Goshen. He is a, a senior to be at Homestead. Jake Davis, interesting week, picked up an offer from Indiana Tech, uh, NAI school that's been very competitive of late. And Mercer, a division one school down in Georgia, coached by Greg Gary, who's an Anderson Highland alum. Uh, on a lot of their great – you're too young for these teams, Kyler. Uh, Greg Gary was on some outstanding Anderson Highland teams, and Anderson Highland, Anderson Madison Heights, and Anderson. Back when Anderson was producing three good high school teams year after year after year, Greg Gary was class of 88. He was definitely the best in the city when he as he came through. His older brother was pretty good as well, but uh, he was uh, he was outstanding when on the play at Tulane. So – uh, he's now the head coach at Mercer after formerly being an, an assistant coach at Purdue for a long time. Gavin Welch also picked up an offer from Mobile. I assume that's in Alabama, uh, but uh, Coach that Archie. makes sense. Yeah, Coach Archie, that, there's the connection there. I wondered what the connection was, and I didn't remember. But uh, but uh, Darnell Archie played at Newcastle and, of course, then played at Butler uh, as the, the head coach there at Mobile. So that there's the connection there. And, and Bethel also threw out an offer to Gage, Gage Sefton, uh, from from Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, a very versatile wing for them. And then our one commit of the week was to Bethel, and that was Luke McBride. And a, I guess a good story. I mean, no, I mean, it is a good story. I didn't realize his dad played there and wore the same number that Luke wears. And so Luke is basically going to go be a legacy player there. And, and that's a good level for him, I think. It's 
I think he can be a combo guard in that league, mm-hmm. uh, but he definitely is going to be a good enough shooter and, and a, and a scoring threat to, um, to, to have success there. So any, anything there, I've got a couple that stand out, but anything there stand out to you? Anything I mean, interesting. a couple of things, a couple of things is right. I mean, right away, obviously you talked about Harrelson. I mean, he's going to get every single offer, you know, under the sun. And he's really started to pick that up ever since. Uh, I want to say the last EYBL session at Kansas city. Um, that was when that was the last live period. So I mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of coaches there. I know he picked up an Auburn offer as well. Um, so that, I mean, yeah, he's just going to get every, every offer imaginable, you know, Iowa looked at him, they offered him as long as, or the same with uh, Trent Sisley, you know, got an Iowa offer as well. And I expect the same thing from him. His recruitment is going to blow up sooner than later. And then I, I, a fun one to me, I just keep looking back at that JQ Roberts ball state offer. Something about that to me just really excites me. Cause I feel like ball state would be a real fun place. Um, a real good place for JQ, especially, you know, I mean, if he wants to stay in state, I don't know how much he's willing to go out of state. I know it seems like he really wants to go to IU, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see. But Ball State, that's a very fun one to me. They, I think he would have a really good career there. Well, the interesting thing, I talked about this last week, and last week I was alone, so I just was kind of riffing on a couple of these. And and a lot of it for JQ, when you, when you start talking about players and, and level – the, the script kind of flips the higher up you go. And when you start to get to the, the uppermost part of what you think their ceiling is, of course, high majors, you know, you, that's the ceiling. That's, you know, the big 10 is, is part of that ceiling. Mm-hmm. The conversation sometimes, and, unless that guy is like a pro, unless you look at that guy and think he's going to go to the NBA, he's going to have a, you know, you think, you think in those terms, you almost start nitpicking and looking at the things he doesn't do well or the things that he has to improve upon to compete at that level. But then when I look at him going to Ball State, I'm thinking, man, he could be he could definitely come in and play right away at the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could he can defend it. And I'm thinking he can then work to develop his continue to develop his perimeter skills, especially his shooting range and, and, and any playmaking off the dribble. And those are things that I think he can do at Ball State while still getting minutes early. So, like you said, there, there's a there's an excitement about it. And look, Lewis, Coach Lewis would tell you any of these mid-major coaches would tell you they've got to compete. With they got to be getting kids competing with high majors and, and winning some of those battles if they're going to be the better teams in their conference. If they're competing with kids whose offers are what, what coaches would deem below them, beneath them, then they're, they're probably struggling, even if they are winning those battles. They, they got to win the occasional battle where a kid like JQ decides, hey, I know I've got these high major offers, but I want to go somewhere where I can be impactful right away. I want to go somewhere and maybe, you know, maybe JQ feels like he can be impactful anywhere he goes. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't want to begrudge him that confidence, but as we sort of evaluate it, kind of think that he's going to have to find a, a really perfect fit to do that at the high major level. Not that he couldn't end up having a good career at, at a school like that, but he can mm-hmm. go to ball state with the way he works, his motor and, and definitely be um, <laughs> definitely be, an instant impact player. Not, not that he would start or be, you know, one of the top players in the Mac, but, but definitely an instant impact guy. And, and I, I think that would be a great fit for him. And, and, you know, Mike, you know, anything Mike can tell him what it's like to play in the big 10, you know, what it's like to be at that level, what it's like to not play a lot. Although he played a lot at IU. So he may not know the, he may not know what that feels like, but, <laughs> but he can definitely, 
you know, he can definitely relay stories of what it's like to be in the big 10 and, and, and what they're going to be able to do at, at ball state. So, you know, I'm happy to see Lewis being aggressive and it's like, screw it. I don't care how many high majors offers this kid starting to get. I want to go in there and get him. And, and like, like you, I hope that plays out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And then like going off of what you just said about Michael Lewis, I mean, I see him out in all those live periods. I mean, he is treating ball state right away as a high major. Um, mm-hmm. And he is going hard after these in-state kids. Um, I mean, there's a ton of these guys, like, especially in the 2023 class that aren't necessarily high major. I mean, you've got Joey Hart and you got Sam Orm. Um, I mean, those guys are, you know, the type of guys that he can go after and get. Mason Jones is a good example. He just went and got one of those players that, mm-hmm. you know, isn't really a high major, but this kid is a division one. And I love the Mason Jones uh, commitment to ball state. I think he's also going to have a great career um, there. And they can, they like, can play together. Yeah, they could. And like, especially if JQ can, uh, if he can develop, you know, get a little bit better on his perimeter game, who knows? He could play the wing as well. Um, you know, some people, I think when he first started, you know, a lot of people said, oh, he's going to be a small forward. And then he kind of transitioned into more of a power forward as his high school career continued. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a really good, that would be a really good fit for JQ overall. And it would be something where he could go in and he'd get a lot of minutes right away versus going to an IU where it'd be kind of like a project in a way they would have to, you know, you know, he, he'd be raw at that level. Um, even if he went to Iowa, um, I'm not sure as, a good fit that would be even though Iowa has recruited him pretty hard um a place like Ball State would be excellent for him in my opinion he'd go to Iowa and be their best defender right away um (laughs) or their most or their most or their most talented defender that's for sure but I think that's the thing with so that's the thing you've got to consider too if you're going to be a wing in the Big Ten or any high major conference you've got to either be an outstanding shooter or a playmaker you know a Uh secondary playmaker and I don't think he's that he's not that yet so then the question becomes, and that's, look, that's hard to do. There's, that's a, it's a big leap. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, that's a big leap. You know, you look at a kid like Joey Hart, he definitely has the athleticism. He definitely has the shot. And I, and I think he could eventually, if he can, if he could prove that he can, he's going to be a good passer and how much of a creator he would be for others at the high major level would, remains to be seen. But, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he's got a sneaky enough first step that he can get downhill on guys and he handles the ball well enough. And that's the part where JQ would have the issue. He can drive a straight line to the rim. If he can get a clear path, he can get to the basket and finish. I think if he has to change directions or stop and make, make different decisions, that's when things maybe are going to be where, you know, he's going to have to really slow things down a little bit, but, but, and that's, look, that's just an evaluation. That's not a, truly a knock on him you're talking about being able to do that in the big 10 and that's hard to do i mean look at you know look at race thompson who is you know who is indiana's power forward he is not really a playmaker no he's a guy who can shoot well enough that you've got to guard him he definitely can you know he's definitely involved in a high low game with with you know with trace but but also at six nine and a a wide load he's he's a post-up option and and i'm not sure that JQ has that type of size or strength yet to be that type of player. Now, could he evolve into that type of player? Uh, you know, that's the question a lot of these guys have to answer. Um, but, um, you know, in Iowa, maybe is a more open system. Uh-huh. So maybe he goes there and finds a better fit than, than what's available for him at some of these other places. But, but obviously these new offers, West Virginia being among them, uh, you know, these new offers, let's see, what are his newest offers here? Hold on a second. Let me. 
This is why I love databases. His new reason I want to. Go I want to think Virginia, Virginia Tech maybe was one. His, of them. Yeah, his his newest offers. Last week I talked about Vanderbilt, Virginia Tech, and and those were his newest offers. So obviously these are people who believe he can play there. You know his some of his early offers. His early offer. I mean his only other high major offers up to that point. Well, he did get the Iowa offer in Marquette. He got those during the school season. He had Indiana and Butler last fall. Of course, Butler has a new coaching staff now. Don't know where that stands. I don't know that it that it's still not there, but it uh-huh. you know, definitely there has been a change there. And Indiana hasn't been as aggressive with him as they have been with other kids in his in this class. So especially other kids at this position. So yeah, he's he's fallen down the ranks. Um, you know, with I I mean they were in Adidas a couple weeks ago, and I think maybe maybe there was one time that IU had watched him play. Um, mm-hmm. but other than that, he's just not. He's not a priority anymore. I mean, he could eventually come back if, you know, all their other guys that they're going after um, decide to commit elsewhere. Um, but right now he's just in, he's just not at that high priority level right now with them. And you know what Lewis is telling him, come, come here and be our first priority. Come here. We, yes. You know, we want you, we, you're our guy, you know, that we're, we don't, you don't have to wait for anybody to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's where the that's where the most recent offers the West Virginias the Vanderbilts the Virginia Techs those guys are telling them the same thing so yeah so I think in large part and again not that Iowa Marquette and all those guys aren't aren't uh, heavily involved but but I think for the most part that's who Ball State's recruiting against it's it's Butler it's Iowa it's it's um, or maybe I'm sorry maybe not Butler I shouldn't say that it's Iowa it's Marquette it's it's Virginia Tech it's Vanderbilt it's West Virginia those are the offers that have come to him since his school season started and, and mm-hmm. on through into the spring or summer. So, but yeah, I'm like you, I'd like to, I'd love to see him go to ball state. I'd love to see a kid like that go and be an immediate contributor and be part of something really successful for, for Lewis. Cause you know, looking forward, Lewis could end up being eventually someday the next coach at Indiana. You never know. <laughs> that's, that's my way too far ahead. <laughs> guess right now. Yeah, that's well, uh, I don't know if I told you this or, Somebody, but I said, and if I, you asked me today, like put all my chips on the table, I would say Mike Lewis. And I'm coach. not a guy, and I'm not a guy who believes at all that an IU guy has to coach Indiana. So uh-huh. it's not that any of those guys care what I think, but, uh, but it comes up a lot. And we talk about it every, usually on Mondays. I mean, I've talked, we've talked about it. Charlie Mill and I have talked about it a lot on, on Jim's show on Mondays. Uh-huh. And I don't really fully know where Charlie stands. He, he and I have had really good rapport talking about um, the, 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 the post-night days. I, I think he's of the belief that it doesn't necessarily have to be an Indiana guy, but I think he also has some guys he'd like to see have a chance to do it. So, yeah. Um, but ever since we have split times now, we haven't, really, we haven't been on at the same time. So I'm hoping that changes once, this, once the season gets here again. But yeah, anything else stand out or interests of note? I mean, it's – I guess it's good. I'm, I'm glad to see Jake Davis starting to get some mm-hmm. offers in, rolling in. I feel like that was, you know, long overdue. Uh, and I think the same thing with his, uh, you know, the guy that they compare a lot with, uh, Cooper Farrell. I talked to his dad. He's, he's getting ready to do a lot of visits, so I'm hoping some more offers come in for him. Um, I, I've been banging the Jake, Jake Davis low major drum for a while, and he, finally he's gotten two to come through. Mercer yeah, and, awesome. and Southeast Illinois. Yep. Yeah, it's great to see. Um you know, a guy like that, we, we've watched him for the past four years, and he's, I mean, we, we know what he is. We know he's a low major type of guy, and it's just good to finally start seeing those kind of offers come in. Well, my, my take is, has been, 
I think he would do at a Mercer what he would do in the Crossroads League. Mm-hmm. Stretch four, a good defender, screener, maybe not be the best rebounder on his team, but but certainly rebound his position. And and if he if he's guarding the other team's best rebounder, I guarantee you he could keep him off the glass. And sometimes that's your job. I've I've coached kids before. Logan White was one of the best ones. You know, for two years, he was among the D3 leaders and rebounders. And for us, there'd be games, you know, we'd have, you know, we had Derek Smith's seven feet, seven one. We had Bronson Kessinger played at Indiana, of course. And, you know, we talked, you know, I talked about him a lot. Dana Bat was six, nine kid from Homestead who went to Colgate. Every now and then we would just put Logan out there and say, Logan, just make sure that guy doesn't get a rebound. You know, there would be games like that where that was the way to go. And you can, you can put a guy, who maybe isn't going to be like Jake Davis isn't going to beat anybody high pointing a rebound in the division one level. He's not going to out jump anybody or, or the other team's best rebounder. He's going to have to rely on position. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to do that no matter where he goes. And I think he's going to be able to do that in that league. I think he's going to be a hell of a screener. I think he's going to be a hell of a passer. He's going to be, you're, they're going to be able to run offense through him at it, at any of those levels. So why not, a low D one school. Um, and that's, you know, that's what's starting to happen for him. So, you yeah. know, he may not, he may not like it. He may want to stay close to home. You never know. Yeah. Kid, plenty of kids, options out there. Kids like that. Some, you know, kids in general, sometimes make distance can be a priority. I hope not, but you know, it, it is, it is what it is. So. All right, man, what happens so this weekend? what, I, I really didn't give you a format, so I really didn't give you anything to prepare for. So I don't, we don't, we don't need to have a, a, a diarrhea of, of information here because I, I know I'm going to want to talk a little bit about some of these. Let's talk about some of the, the seniors who don't have offers or don't have a lot of offers. If you can rummage through your mind that quickly as to who a couple of them are, you've already mentioned Cooper Farrell. We yeah. can definitely talk about him. Um, who were some of the guys to you that stood out? And I'm going to get my list out here and make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about too. So you go ahead and talk about that a little bit while I get my information out. Yeah. So the two guys to me, right off the top of my head, you know, I'm just going to go back to this last weekend. Fred Poops, they both played um, in the circuit in the championship. Uh, one, it was Cooper Farrell. Um, like I mentioned, I've, I've, I've talked to his dad. Um, I, I built a strong relationship with them and everything. And he told me that, uh, you know, he's starting to go on visits. Um, you know, all the Ivy League schools are basically very interested in Cooper. Um, you know, he just had that Fort Wayne offer, um, went down and saw Bellarmine, I believe, as well. Um, he, he's got some visits set up, which is good for him. And I think he's going to start getting those low, low D1 offers, um, kind of like Jake Davis, um, which will be great to see. And then another guy that was a talking point all this weekend was Devin Woods from Pike. Yeah. Um, he had an excellent weekend, especially Sunday. I mean, really put EG10 on his back, pretty much led them to the championship, and they just faced a, uh, a powerhouse in full package, um, and they just got that, destroyed. That's a really good, yes, good group. Yeah, Very that's... good. I, I wasn't too – you know, I, I've also I've, – I've watched them a little bit and everything, but Brandon uh, Ramsey, who also, you know, does prep hoops with me and everything, he said they were by far – full package they were by far the best team mm-hmm. um and the 17u and our and the prep hoop circuit but i mean super, Devin was super physical super physical team they got yes. four guards who can shoot it 
Uh, they've, they've got even their big kids or the one big kids kind of really kind of a little bit looks kind of clumsy and awkward, but he, but he's not, he's super mm-hmm. skilled and, and just maybe not as quick as he could be. He reminds me of the, the guy that was at Loyola a few years ago. Um, oh yeah. He kind of reminds me of that kid, not as big, but, but that's what he reminds me of and, and can shoot a little bit. So we played them last year. They beat us by seven in one of the NY two LA events last year. And, and, uh, it was it was an extremely physical game, and and I'm I don't like losing games to teams that do what we do, because that means they did it better. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I, that that upsets me uh, because I think there's and I wonder what I'm doing wrong, but um, but they they still are a fun team to watch. And when you look back and think about it, those are the kind of those are the kind of teams you really don't hate to lose to. But you know mm-hmm. it was it was a fun game for us, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, so back to Devin Woods. I mean, he had a great – he had a great weekend. A lot of the three coaches, um, you know, I was talking to and chatting with, they were very impressed with him. You know, Franklin being one of them, they really want to get him on campus um, and stuff. And I think his recruitment's going to really start blowing up, and I think he'll start going on some visits here soon, um, especially those D3 schools. Um, and, you know, a D2 could take a chance on him. Um we'll just see how it kind of unfolds, but uh, he's really, he's really risen his stocks this whole summer. He's had a phenomenal summer and it's, it's good to see because he's a very talented player, very creative, crafty player that can, you know, for his size can, seems like he can always get to the rim and he'll find a way to get to the rim. And he finishes pretty well as, as well. And just sees the floor so well, just, just uber talented um, yeah. for his size. I did have a couple of coaches asking about Arnold and, Okay. They were they were at the D two level and and I I told them flat out the kid can play there you know I, I it's Division two is very underserved in the state mainly because we don't have that many Division two schools uh, <laughs> you know we we have the best NAI conference in the country along with other schools like Holy Cross and IU East and IU Kokomo and Indiana Tech and I, I mean all those schools I you know even IU South Bend has been good yeah they're killing it in this state because. Division two schools basically ignore the state of Indiana. I mean, and I'm not putting all of it on <laughs> Indianapolis. You know, USI is recruiting to be as a division one school these days because that's where they're headed. And mm-hmm. the University of Indianapolis, they, they do a good job, but, but they're like a lot of D2 schools. They're also going to hunt the occasional transfer. Um, but, you know, man, it's, it's, I mean, Indianapolis, even if Indianapolis did, even if Indianapolis completely focused on the state, it still wouldn't be enough because there's just one school. I mean, Purdue Cal would be another instance or what, what are they? Are they PNC? Yeah. Purdue Cal. They, you know, they would all, you know, they're starting to recruit a little bit more aggressively in state, um, you know, and, and getting away from necessarily the region or recruiting Chicago there, there's, I saw them in a lot more games this weekend. Like that wasn't just Northwest Indiana kids. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was good to see. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of kids that I think go under recruited, you know, as competitive as that NAI level is, there's still a lot of kids. I think that go under recruited and that's, you know, I don't mean to put anybody down or, or knock a level, but, but that's just how that goes. I mean, there's some opportunities there for some division two schools to swoop in and get kids. I know the Sun Coast league down in Florida has recruited the state very well. And they've they've gotten their fair share of kids down there. Barry, 
this this past uh, not this past weekend but the weekend before was watching every Indiana team they could and I think they're going to be close to offering some kids and up here in the state of Indiana and, and you, you go through those Suncoast rosters and there's always four or five kids from Indiana playing down there at a given time and hell anymore there's more kids down there playing than there are in the GLVC outside of the two in-state ones so that's kind of where I, if I was Illinois division two schools, I'd be recruiting the heck out of Indiana, but they just yeah. don't for some reason. So maybe it's because Illinois has the same, the same problem. We do just a lot of kids that, that are talented, but 2023 is an extremely deep class. So very, very, it's going to be a lot of under-recruited kids. In my mind. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with that. I'm just looking through a list of, you know, some uncommitted people like, you know, Jermaine Coleman, who's at the top of the list, a lot of lists and could be in the top 10 of a lot of people's uncommitted mm-hmm. lists and um, trying to th- see some other guys. Nickens Limba, you know, kind of curious to see where he ends up and Anthony Ball, those type of players. You know, there's just a lot of guys that are still on the board. Um, and like, you know, there's going to be one or two of them that are under recruited, like you just said, um, which is a shame. And, you know, for one reason or another, they're just going to be under recruited. So, um, and, that just it, go ahead. No, I was gonna say COVID still plays a role. Um, yeah, this is still, I mean, you talk about those guys are still available, those guys don't even have offers yet. Not, I mean, at least not what we're you know, not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Ball, Limba, those guys, I mean, none of those guys you, you just rattled off. I don't, I don't think has any, any, any offers yet. None that I'm aware of. And a lot of it, and a lot of it is maybe some of the schools aren't recruiting them because, like the lower, like NAI schools, and the you know the, you know because they're thinking, well, those guys aren't going to give us an, you know any attention just yet. Mm-hmm. You know and that could be based on communication. Who knows? Um, I you know I I know I tell everybody that I ever come across to oh you know to communicate with everybody. You never know. Network. Yeah. Take every chance you get to network. Um, even if you don't, you know, even if you, you may not be wholly interested in the school, but you may really like the coach, you know, and, and realize then that, okay, you want to go play for the coach, even if it's not the school that you, you, you know, you grew up dreaming about. So that's, and, and plus that coach may end up being somewhere else that, that you do find appealing. So, but yeah, it's just a lot of kids are, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot that shakes after this next open period. And, mm-hmm. and you're going to, I think we're going to see a flood of offers because you're going to get to the point where people have to start making decisions. So um, anybody else? I mean, I watch primarily freshmen. I watch primarily the class of 2025. So the basically uh-huh. incoming sophomore. So anybody else in that senior class? I mean, these are all guys we've talked an awful lot about anybody else stand out. I mean, we watched that GR three, the Glenn Robinson versus, uh, D1 Indiana game. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. going to mention Kamari Jones. Uh, that was one guy that we kind of forgot about. He also had a really good weekend, and he's also had a really big summer. Um, I, I think he's got uh, – does he does he have a low major D1 offer? I, I can't remember I'm gonna find um, out. if he does. But, I mean, he's a guy that's – I mean, his stock has really risen. He's had an amazing – uh, summer with Division One, D1 Indiana, 23. Um, as I, I feel like he's improved his game since I saw him last year um, in the sense that, I mean, his offense just looks a lot better. It looks like he can provide more offense at all three levels. 
at this point in time. Um, we don't have any had, reported offers for him. So, okay. So maybe I'm thinking of someone else then, but uh, I mean, he's the type of guy that like, I think he's going to start getting recruited pretty hard as well. Um, I think he'll make a jump, you know, when all these in-state rankings are kind of um, updated and stuff, I think he'll make a jump into the top 30 at least. Um, so he's a, he's a guy to watch for to see, you know, how his recruitment um, kind of unfolds in these next couple months. Yeah, a lot of his stuff is going to be what happens when he's not scoring well. That's yeah. that's the thing. Is there's some parts of his game that shut down when he's not hitting shots and and when he's not finishing. You know, and that was a, that was a very very fast game. And yes, you know he's got the speed and the quickness to make the play. He just I know there was a stretch there where he struggled to finish, and and they did a hell of a job of coming back. They they did a they were down what they were down eleven there I think right there kind of midway point in the second half. Yeah, and inch their way back. A lot of it was on the backs of uh, the back of the, um, the the big kid from Europe, who I don't think either one of us knows. You probably know more about him than I do. Yeah, but, I don't know a whole lot, but I know what you're talking about. You know, he was certainly effective around the room, and and a and a nice nice size, you know, nice presence for them on inside on both ends of the floor. But but you know, it's I, I've liked Kamari's maturation in terms of seeing the floor. You know, he definitely, especially in transition, he's he's always got his head up there. The half court situation, sometimes the ball sticks with him, and mm-hmm. uh, but man, he can shoot. You know, and he can. The, the question is, is how efficient does he get into his shot? Does it take extra dribbles? Um, you know, is he part of an offense where he's moving, moving into a catch? And some of that's not on him. Some of that's function of the offense. Which again, that's not a criticism. Is you know, a lot of there's a lot of dribble based offenses, and it happens to be one. And, you know, sometimes the ball does kind of stick with him. So, um, but that's also the same team Dijon Craig plays for. And, and, you know, Dijon does a nice job of setting people up and, and, you know, you know, breaking people down. And so he, he obviously played his way into, you know, a Wabash, I'm going to say quote offer. I mean, I, I know that's different realm yeah. at the D3 level, but, but, um, you know, I think both those guys had, had pretty good weekends. So the, um, yeah. I agree. The, the interest from coaches. Yeah, we don't have any reported offers for Kamari. So, okay, I, I would think that would change here soon. Um, yeah, I hopefully. think well, that's going to change with a lot of guys. It's just yeah, we're getting to that point where it's fish or cut bait. So, anyone I'm trying to think? I mean, I, I, I shit the one kid. You know, I a lot of times it's who's new, who stands out, who does something different. I. You know, Mason Jones obviously already committed, so sometimes we we sort of blow by the guys that are already committed. I thought his outside shooting had improved, had, yeah. had looked looked improved. Um, I like the way Clay Butler was playing this weekend. I like the way he finished. Um, I liked, um, uh, you know, Cooper Farrell had had a good offensive game and and is very very does a very good job off the ball of cutting into spots. Uh-huh. And, 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 and obviously at that point you got to be seen, you know, you got to, someone's got to make the pass, but he was, he was effective there, you know, offensively and, and, and finishing plays. And there just wasn't a whole lot of defense being played in that game No, <laughs> on, there wasn't. On, on either <laughs> side. So, you know, some of that's kind of a tough evaluation, but, but, you know, you, look, you still got to take advantage of it. And I think the guys you mentioned and the couple of kids I just mentioned, I think they did. So. Yeah, and, and that was a really fun game. Uh, that was probably my favorite game of uh, 
of the weekend that uh Glenn Robinson the third versus uh D one Indiana seniors. That was that was a fun one. Yeah. A little chaotic, but uh has had some score issues, but uh that's neither here or there. So but uh Yeah, that was that was yeah, well the worst of it was at the boys and girls club where the, the, the clock was really screwed up and oh with five with under basically under six seconds to go there was a couple of malfunctions and it was got kind of ugly there for a bit so oh no oh, i'm glad i missed that one <laughs> yeah ultimately it didn't decide the game it, it's that's good they, they replayed the final 5.7 seconds and the second time the kid still started the clock too soon but he really only started it at a half second too soon okay and the shot got blocked so yeah it, it just it wasn't a thing and yeah the, the i coach, mean this this, uh, I mean, the Glenn Robinson and D1 game, like there was a point where like when the game ended, I was like, we might need to double check the stats and count them all <laughs> up. Cause like, I was like, uh, I was like, kind of a little nervous. I was just like, I don't know if it's right or not. And like, I think Brandon uh, Ramsey, I think he counted it up and he said, uh, basically, uh, Glenn Robinson got shorted two points, but they lost by two anyways. So, um, yeah, it, it ended up being okay, but at the same, it was just a little, little nerve wracking there. So. Well, I, I would recommend if you're going to have kids run the scoreboard and these uh-huh. aren't young kids, these are high school kids, no phones. No, that, that was the problem. That, <laughs> that young lady was every time there was a, every time there was a, every time she would put a score up, she would look at her phone. Yeah, she was. I don't think she paid attention to the game. I think she just did something when the, the person doing the book told her to do something. And I don't know that 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 young lady was paying attention either i don't who knows it was <laughs> it's not it's not a hard job i mean i, I wouldn't assume they get paid i mean good good pay as far as high school kids standards goes for that right. weekend but uh i mean i it's know not I'm, a hard job. <laughs> I'm the asshat coach that that asked the referee to tell the, the the scorekeepers to put their phones away i'm that guy i'll do it every <laughs> I time i'll blame you i'll do, I it every, do the same thing <laughs> every single time and i don't know why that wasn't brought up uh, I sort of kept, kept my, you know, kept my mouth shut. I don't you know yell at referees when I'm not coaching. I do that enough when <laughs> I do, but, but yeah, I'm the guy that says, Hey, look, they're, they're being paid to be there. You know, you, you need to, um, you need to make sure they're doing their job and they don't need to be on their phones when they're doing their job. So there's, there's timeouts, right. there's, there's half times, there's, you know, there's maybe even an occasional dead ball, but yeah, not, yeah, not while the game's going on. It was crazy watching her do that. Yes. So, it was, yeah, it was not, not good. Yeah. Uh, 2024 kid. I didn't know much about Andy Spolman from Ileana Christian. Yeah. He was really, he was really good. He was fun. Uh, he was fun to watch. Yeah. How much of that translates? I mean, he's six, five. He's probably, there's probably a point where he's a tweener, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's probably best at a level where he's a four. You know, but he's skilled. He's he's a good athlete. He's a good enough athlete. You know, he's he got a couple of catches off the cut where he was able to quick like do a quick quarter turn, uh, and and get his defender on his back. And it was patient with his footwork. He wasn't out trying to bowl people over. Uh, I, I thought he rebounded out of his area extremely well, mm-hmm. and and, a, and pretty smart defender. He's not trying to block shots. He's just trying to be vertical, and, and offensively. Handled well in open spaces. I thought he made good decisions in the half court. Didn't necessarily shoot the ball very well from three-point range. The game you and I were watching that morning, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody on that Glenn Robinson team shot the ball well for the perimeter, but 
they didn't have to. No, uh, they didn't. Cause they, they didn't <laughs> cause they got to the rim whenever they wanted. Um, <laughs> yeah. But his shot, I thought his shot mechanics looked good. David McCundiff, David Cundiff, sorry. David McCundiff's shot looked, I thought his shot looked pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, was super, uh, super impressed with, um, with Keegan Holder. I had not seen him play before. He was probably the one kid that shot well. Yeah. Um, and, and they did all that. At least I don't, you know, I don't know what they're, how they did the rest of the day, but they, they looked that good. They didn't have Tyler Parrish who, who wasn't there. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack, <laughs> I'm not going to say, I, Jack and I were joking about why he wasn't there. He said he had pink eye. And so I went different direction with it. And, uh, yeah. You told me that story. But yeah. So be here. <laughs> anyway, I'll cut Jack some slack, but <laughs> I thought, his, I thought his little brother looked good. He, I mean, again, didn't hit shots from the perimeter, but his shot mechanics looked good. And then yeah. you know, definitely making really, really good decisions in open spaces. And, and who knows, probably the next game they shot the heck out of it. And I just, I didn't just didn't get a chance to see it. So they were one of the victims of me watching them play of the, of the new schedule that came out. So I, yeah, I, and it, I get, I just got to see him once. It threw my schedule for a loop because I had no idea. I mean, me helping out and it's my event basically. And like, I don't even know what's going on, but like I was surprised to see them there that early. I was like, I wasn't expecting to watch you guys. And then yeah. when Scott, when Scott had told me, he's like, Oh yeah, we're playing and stuff. I was like, okay. So that's when I went over there and watched them. So uh, they, uh, they got beat. Um, they made it to the final four and then they got beat um, to go to the championship. And then over time, I think they lost by one um, yeah. really tough. I don't have to get what team they were playing, but uh they could have really used Tyler Parrish. I think if they had Tyler Parrish, they would have won the 16U uh, grit championships. Because um, he's definitely a shot maker. Yes, yes. But they did a good job without him. And then another guy that uh, we didn't mention yet on that team is uh, Alan Briggs from Michigan City. Um, yeah. He, he's, uh, he's been a guy that's just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I saw him in April, um, I think, in one of the prep hoops events. Maybe it was May. Um and he, I had no clue who that, who he was, but uh, I've, been, I've been very impressed with him. Uh, really long, lanky, uh, rebounds really well. Um, and I thought him cutting to the basket, um, he worked really well off the ball. Um, got a lot of his points cutting from the wing and, you know, David Cundiff finding, uh, finding him on the cuts and the drives and stuff. Um, didn't, but that, didn't see him shoot at yeah. all and, and didn't worry about his size just because he is really thin. Yeah, I, they they got a kid at Michigan City, the sophomore that I really liked was Anthony Murphy, who's huh? got some strength to him as well. He's got some strength to him that, that I think the Briggs kids missing that. That to me is just a you know the kind of dare. I wanted to see Briggs shoot it. I didn't see him shoot at all. And and again, none of those guys were hitting shots that game. But but you no. can still look and see who who has good shots. I, I excuse me, Holder was hitting shots, but but you can still look and see who has good shot mechanics and who doesn't. And, and that's, I just didn't see it. So it's not a knock on him. He just didn't. And maybe the point there was he didn't have to. No, <laughs> just, nobody really had to shoot. He was, he, was quick, <laughs> he was quick enough to get by his guy quite a bit. Yeah. So anybody else at that so- sophomore range stand out or the 2024? I didn't watch a whole lot of them. Um, I mean, one storyline that came out of uh the 2024's uh, Cannon Catchings and Micah Davis played for EG10 uh, on Saturday. Um, really? Which, yeah, was was uh, very surprising uh, to see because both of them play on the Indy Heat. 
um, which they're down in uh, South Carolina right now for Peach Jam, but um, kind of came out of nowhere. And then I think, honestly, EG10, uh, they only played like Saturday. They didn't try to play on Sunday or anything. So um, now did, I thought that did was a little he, random. Did uh, the Jim Rex team qualify for Peach Jam, though, at that age group? No. So what there is, there apparently there is uh, there's another event. That's oh, the Peach State. Five, Yes, it's like five minutes down the road. So all the teams, all the EYBL teams that didn't make it, um, they're playing in that, which is a lot of them, especially from an IU target uh, point of view. All the out-of-state people, like a lot of their teams didn't make Peach Jam, but they're playing in the uh, that Peach State Invitational or whatever it's called. Well, moving – so you didn't see a whole lot of 2024 games? No, not a lot. Okay. I didn't see the EG10 teams play. I needed I needed to do that. That was another victim of that was another victim of the back and forth. And you know, again, there was a nice block of three games that I wanted to watch, and, and then it just became so choppy. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the back and forth between it. I didn't like how the venues changed for some of these teams. I know I know some of the coaches complained about it. I know that's hard to do sometimes when you've when you've got multiple venues, but there's still got to be a way to keep keep these teams in one spot. Yeah. You know, at least for a day. I mean, it can't playing playing game at 10:55 at Warren Central and then playing a game at 1:30 at Triton Central. No. That's that's a lot. You know, that's a lot to put it's bad enough these guys are playing two and three games in a day because of because of the scheduling. The way it the way it sh- shook out. I think they were doing a good, good job of just having guys play two games on Saturday, but then the schedule screwed up. So, I, there, so there was a challenge there, I, I guess, uh-huh. and not to be too critical, but, but I know there was a lot of complaints among coaches so that were passing through. Uh, the, the sophomore, the incoming sophomores, that, that was the focus of just getting names. And, you know, some guys stood out to me. We, it's, there's not a whole lot of reason to go too deep into these guys because a lot of them haven't really tasted a lot of varsity action, although uh-huh. Shane, Shane Sims and Mark Zachary for, for Team Teague both are kids that have and have tasted success. Sims statistically had a really good year for Evansville Harrison. Mark Zachary played more as the second half of the season went on. Hell, I thought for a moment there he was going to single-handedly beat Carmel uh, <laughs> during the regular season game. And and as much as I liked him, and I did, I liked him. Like in real time, I was like, wow, he's pretty good. I was thinking we cannot get, can't get beat by a freshman. Making no. Plays. <laughs> uh, and then Suter took over, and that was – and then we – shut him down in overtime. So I say we, I'm not on the damn team, but I, <laughs> they, it was a good game. It was a, it's a nerve wracking game from where I was sitting. So luckily I sit on the floor and take pictures so I can say things and nobody hears me speak. So <laughs> Hudson Horvath was, was a kid that stood out. Uh, Caleb Wright from Sheridan. I'm just rattling off names here. Cal Bostic uh-huh. from park from park tutor. Uh, the uh, Colton Nelson's kind of a new name from Franklin. Yeah. Uh, I'd already mentioned Anthony Murphy from Michigan city. I, I think a kid I liked more than maybe anybody else did was Ben Whitaker from crown point. Okay. Um, and then really liked, I liked Brandon Williams, although he probably could benefit from maybe not talking as much as he does, uh, <laughs> but he's a hardworking kid. His shot. I love his shot mechanics. I, I, I don't know what he is yet. If he's a one, if he's a two, uh, but he, um, he, he was effective and he's a good defender. I liked the energy, but then it flowed into got a little, got a little nasty there for a while. 
and and that was the game that went south with the the, the other team's coach and the, the scorekeepers and I think there just was a lot of tension that game and and yeah. uh, so you just kind of I just maybe tone that down a little bit but uh, and then I, I like T.J. Davidson from Noblesville I think of all the kids in that on that uh, D1 group he's he. I just think he's got a he's just got a higher ceiling than a lot of those guys. I think a lot of those guys are going to be solid, solid players in high school. Uh, you know, Julius Gizzy's, you know, is going to he's going to be kind of in his brother's shadow a little bit. Max, uh, who uh-huh. had a great career at New Pal, and I mean New Pal has really got a good thing going there right now. So Julius is going to be part of a lot of winning teams, and as well as those other two New Pal kids. But but the kid I like there was T.J. Davidson, just with his quickness and decision making but then again it was just again it was just one game so eg10 and and uh the uh, team teague were the the two teams that i saw play twice so that was those are the biggest impressions for me so. yeah I would, I would say the same for me as well um especially that team teague team they were uh they were i would say they were by far the best 15u in that prep hoop circuit um yeah. Yeah, I would say so. They're pretty talented from top to bottom um, with that. And then they won, they won the Grit Region 15U Championship, um, which was expected. So, um, and, and, and I should say that Cedric Horton Tucker got a lot of – got good varsity minutes at Richmond this year. Uh-huh. And he is super athletic. And as he really develops a little bit consistent skill set, he, he could be a problem. They, they've got a couple of good incoming sophomores there that Billy Wright's molding that got a lot of RC minutes. They took some lumps this year and ultimately I think that'll pay off as they get older. Yeah. I, I yeah, I agree with that. And is it, is, Ryan's going to kill me. Is it, is it Nolan Bales? Is that the younger one from Northridge? I believe so. We could look at, I mean, I could look at the rosters, but yeah. I'd have to dig them up and I don't want to do that, but Bales from Northridge. I was really impressed with him and that IABC group. He he was the one kid on that team that stood out. And, and I know they um, they probably played better than the game I I saw at first because they I think they did I think they got pretty decently far, didn't they? Yes, they did. They that, uh, that game Friday night, Bales was the one that stood out to me. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if it's just because I know Ryan since he was in high school or, or not, but that, <laughs> sometimes that can be. You watch it him, yeah, I kind of like him. And I had seen him play at Noblesville when, when Northridge was down there during their their holiday stuff. Any freshmen you want to – or any incoming sophomores you think you need to talk about? I'm trying to think. I mean, you talked about uh, Kel Bostic. I, we watched him a little bit um, when I first got there. I, I was really impressed with him. I like his size. Like the way he runs the floor, um, looks like he can stretch the floor just a little bit. Right now, I think he'll be a real solid player in the next couple of years. Um, you know, the, yeah, there's just a lot of guys on that EG10 team and Team Teague team that we just talked about and stuff, and they've got a lot of potential. Um, both of those squads have got a lot of good guys on there, so um, we'll see how kind of all their careers kind of you know unfold these next couple of years, especially when they get to the varsity level. Yeah, and that's the key is getting those guys at the varsity. I mean, it's it's one thing, you know. You see him play some some of these kids. You see him playing JV games, and they're just kind of it's non 
in a lot of instances, it's a non-starter just because it's they're not really great evals. Now, the MIC games, you know, the, the big school JV teams, you can kind of get a feel for how good a kid is. But but sometimes the, 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 the non-4A, non-big school kids, like Bellamy, for example, uh, for Zion Bellamy, who who's played uh-huh. with the EG10 team, I mean, he is – he is for them what he is for Kokomo. He's just quick. He's a playmaker. He's going to hit open shots. He's going to be a pest on defense, you know, but he's, um, you know, he also got, you know, large varsity minutes this year for a very successful Kokomo team. Yeah. It was, it was fun watching him translate. We'll see watching his play translate because he's not out there doing a bunch of stupid stuff. He's playing smart. He's playing hard the whole time. And that's, that's a credit to him and, and a credit to, Peck and Paul, who who gets who's gotten those kids to play hard up there at Kokomo. Yeah, they're uh, they're probably one of my teams. I'm I'm most looking forward to watch this upcoming uh, this upcoming year. I think they're yeah. gonna. I think they can take that next step. Um, I mean, they went as far as they probably could last year, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, jo- yeah, they would tell you they they could have gone one more game, but yeah, that that didn't happen. What do you got coming up this week? Are you heading down to Atlanta? Are you heading down to Augusta? So, no, I'm not. Uh, what I will be doing, I will be streaming starting tomorrow. I'll be streaming some EYBL, uh, EYBL events, you know, on their website, which, I mean, side topic, they've got probably one of the best streaming services I've ever I've ever watched. Like, they've got live stats and everything like that, and it's free. So, like, you can watch some really good high school basketball. So, I'll be watching a little bit of Peach Jam, taking a look at the out-of-state IU targets for that. Um, yeah. And then having some stuff up on the Hoosier.com and the arrivals. Um, and then I've got some evals coming up for at prep hoops um, from this weekend. I just wrote them uh, today. So I'll get all those posted out tomorrow. So tweet all those out. But as far as weekend stuff goes, I mean, I'm going to California for one of my best friend's weddings. So that's right. You mentioned doing, that. Yeah. Yeah. So won't be doing anything like that. So, um, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I guess just getting geared up for August camps and things like that. Um, you know, just trying to recap the summer with a lot of riding and stock risers and just um, getting prepared for that. Unfortunately, you're going into August and it's just kind of it's it's sort of a dead time and stuff. It's just a lot of recapping. So you got to be a little bit creative with the things that you and I do. So um, but, you know, got some got some good content coming up. We'll just say that. What what do uh, camp wise? What does prep hoops have? I know that the, the freshman camp is a yearly is a yearly yes. hit for me. What, tell them a little bit about the, the 250 camp, how they get in that. Who's is it invite? It's not invite only, is it? But it's yeah. So, what it is, so like, first of all, like you said, the freshmen, we've got that. Um, we got the freshman showcase at the end of uh, August, which is just a it's a great event for especially us scouts and you know, and these are and all incoming, that. these are incoming freshmen, yes. class of 2026. Yes, which is just good. It's good to get a base, you know, with prep hoops, we do a good job, we all right an eval for every single kid that's on there, split them all up between our team. Um, just to have a kind of a base eval to kind of build off of with that. And then with the top 250, that's in September. I'm not entirely sure what the date is right now, but uh, um, that's it. at first it starts off as an invite only. And then, you know, there's kids that drop out and things like that. Um, right. And then I, th- I think there's a certain, maybe it's the first 100, 150 maybe that are invited. Um, and then, if you want to be in it, you kind of have to pay your way through um, and stuff like that. But it, it's right. also another really good event um, where we can get some evals. There's a lot of, I mean, players from 
uh, seniors, the sophomores, um, incoming sophomores um, that can play in it and stuff. But two pretty big local events and stuff just to try to, you know, get some more evals on these kids before the high school season starts back up. Good deal. All right, Kyler. Well, I appreciate it. I'll do I'm going to do the advertising reads after you get off. Well, you don't okay. trudge through because I want to talk a little bit about the fall league as well. So I uh, appreciate your time and, and uh, we'll hit, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back on next week because we can still talk about some of the EYBL stuff that you watched and, yeah. and um, we'll have to figure that out. When do you get back from California? So I will be back. Uh, I get back late Sunday night. So, but I'll have all day Monday to just kind of relax and uh, kind of get caught up on everything. So um, I'll be back early next week. Cool. All right, man. Good deal. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Courtside Indiana podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, please hit the subscribe button or add on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. And you can reach us directly at our Courtside Indiana Twitter and Instagram at Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND on Twitter and Instagram. Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content and in, in seconds, excuse me, professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Also brought to you by Metro Indie Basketball Fall League. The 16th annual Fall League is starting in October. Registration is open now. And there is an early bird uh, registration process or not process, but early registration discount through the end of the month at MetroIndieBasketball.com. That is the 16th annual. We've had a number of uh, Indiana All-Stars, over 80 Indiana All-Stars participate in it, including six Mr. Basketballs, I think is the current count. Several players who have gone on to play in the NBA is a great tune-up to start for your high school season. Super competitive. Teams can enter. Uh, as as um, can be entered as a team or the the traditional way it's it's sort of always been an individual league uh, we, we've we still do a, we do a really good job of making sure individual entries come in and, and we team them up and we, uh, we we don't really we don't really have a whole method to our madness so there's a little bit of a method to the madness as to who plays in the, the top pools and who you know but it's the later it gets in the day, the better the competition gets. So that's MetroIndieBasketball.com to register. And that those games we played this year at, Grand, at Pacer Athletic Center at Grand Park. So again, visit MetroIndieBasketball.com to register your, your player or your team. Thanks for listening.